it's morning here and nice and sunny after a cold day. It's good to to be with you, Rob, as always. Uh, we just realized that some of our recordings have not gone, <laughs> well, the last recording, let's put it that way, um, didn't pick up some of what we what we spoke about. So having said that, we were talking about children that are different, that are different and a dad realizing that their child doesn't necessarily like or the same things as as him and uh, and I finished off by asking you what does a dad do with that what does a father do with the fact that suddenly now you've got a child that actually doesn't think maybe doesn't act maybe in ways that you expect them to and um, and make sense to you that's right Stu and morning to you and morning to everyone Yes, I said uh, last time that this this um, challenge, this difficult opportunity, I think we described it as being, um, presents to both mothers and fathers. But we're looking at dads um, right now. And Stu, for me, um, let's just remember that I said in my study, I found that the, uh, the things that knocked dads in particular, uh, when they were getting to know their boys and, uh, you know, um, turning towards them as dads, was discovering that their sons had different ways about them, different interests for starters, um, as their sons started to get older. The things that the boys liked were different, and also a different attitude, or if you like, a different way of turning towards the world, Um, a different kind of drumbeat, if you like, um, going on inside them. And the thing about this for dads, I think what sets things apart for dads is we need to bear in mind that for fathers, so often the ways that dads bond with their kids is through this um, uh, kind of taking the child out into the world, um, into the world of adventure, into the world of challenge. I think I said last time that it starts off very early uh, through rough and tumble play where the dad will engage the child um, with lots of giggles and squawks and, you know, uh, really exuberant moments. Um, And it's really where dads have this sort of balancing act between um, being sensitive towards their kids because they're still little, not wanting to scare them, um, terrify them, but also wanting to challenge them to let them get a sense of what they can do, sort of in a way getting greater confidence in their ability to engage with the world. And there's quite a bit of research, actually, that that shows how important this is for kids. And it is a really key way, a symbolic way, that dads interact with their kids is through, if you like, this model of rough-and-tumble play, this way of turning towards your child with sensitivity, with understanding, reading your child right, but also with this gleam in the eye around, I want to show you a little bit. I want to show you what you can do. I want to show you what's out there. And the thing about this, Stu, is that it's actually a really important thing for the father-child bond. And it's something that can really galvanize dads. It's something that dads feel good about. It's something that helps dads feel close to their kids. And I say this right at the outset because I want us to just appreciate the knock that a dad can take when his child doesn't reciprocate. There isn't that sort of um, mutuality in play. Um, The dad battles to walk in step with his child. The child doesn't want, if you like, the things that the dad wants. And that can be tough. 
What it also starts to do in later years is it hits on another really important offshoot of rough and tumble plan. That is that dad wants to guide and teach his child, wants to show his child, you know, the ways of the world, if you like, uh, prepare the child for life. And this is a very, very age-old, centuries-old model that I think is integral to fathering, is this kind of mentoring or guiding or teaching. And so it's tough for dads, is what I'm saying. And it means that the bond is, um, is tricky. It's tough for dads to know what to do with it, uh, what, you know, what must they do with their child. And I want to say that some of the dads I've spoken to, they'll say to me, they don't necessarily use these words, but when there isn't that, uh, if you like, similarity, when there isn't that early sense of kind of bond of liking the same stuff or turning to the world in the same way, sometimes dads feel redundant. Um, they feel like, in a sense, well, you know, gee, um, withdrawing as the dad. Um, I'm not sure that I'm really needed here. It might be heightened if the dad is raising a daughter, but not necessarily. Definitely with a son as well. I remember one dad saying to me, you know, he said, look, Rob, to be honest, I'm an outside kind of guy, and my son is an inside type of guy. And so as long as it's like that, our worlds are never going to meet. And this was his kind of despair, really, the sense that he didn't know how to connect with his son. So it's not easy. And I think the first thing that I'd say to dads is, Look, let's appreciate what's going on. Let's realize that you're not alone. And this is, in fact, a very, very important space for you to watch and monitor. Don't withdraw. Step back, sure. Step back. But don't turn your back, is what I'd be saying to dads. Because your son, your daughter, they still need you. They need you uh, incredibly, you know. Um, it's just that you're not going to follow a model that you might have assumed you were going to follow um, before your child, you know, was born. And you've got to do some re refiguring, you know, of, of exactly what your journey with your child is going to be. So step back so that you can just look and start to understand. But for goodness sake, you know, for your sake and your child's, don't turn your back would be the first piece of advice I'd give to dads. Okay, and, and um, something that you have said in the past is that you know, sometimes you've got to actually just get into the space of your child. I mean, one of the things that I found really helpful that you said to me, I'm talking many years ago now, is, um, you know, you have all these wonderful, exciting ideas of how you're going to develop your child and parent your child, you know, when they come along. And the reality is, is that it doesn't all just work out that way. And sometimes you can be disappointed by, you know, I think that's what it was some of what you're saying. And, but what you helped me with was to actually say well sometimes just let your child be and be in their space and let them let them just do whatever they want to do and how they want to do it and, and let yourself kind of be there with them that's a great point Stu so I guess what you're doing is you're doing instead of being the spontaneous leader is you're looking first okay hang on a minute <laughs> something different is going on here I best have a look and see exactly what it is that moves my child let me see how they're wired let me understand them so that I can join them. It's a different kind of fathering. It's a different kind of leading. It's a leading your, your child from sort of there where they're at. And I would say that that's a really crucial thing for dads to do, would be to 
Find out where your child's mind is at. Find out what excites him or her. You know, what is it that they want to get going with? And join them in that. Um, and here's the thing too that I'd be saying to dads is please do it before adolescence. Because if we leave it, it's difficult. And once our kids get into the teenage years, if we try to join them then and we haven't been joining them from the get-go in their worlds, it's going to be really hard. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Because, I mean, I think of, I mean, when I was teaching adolescence, your parents now aren't the cool people anymore. <laughs> but if you've already built that bond and that relationship through what they are interested in, then it's a lot easier to, to, to kind of keep that that um, engagement and that understanding and, and, and live in their world a bit more. So that makes it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the thing about it, Stu, that, that we must appreciate that is that it can be uh, it can be sort of unrewarding for us dads because we won't necessarily enjoy it. Remember, we're doing something that they're interested in, not that we're interested in. And also, it might be something that we don't really know how to teach, if you like. We can't pass an advice because we've never done it before. And so it doesn't have that natural good feedback that one would get when you're kind of showing your child how to fish and you love fishing, for example, or showing your child how to ride a bike. I used that example earlier. And your child doesn't like that, you know this dad who loves the outdoors and his son loves the indoors well, what is his son doing inside where is his mind because that's where he is and that's where he needs his dad his dad to join him in that and i will say that when dads have done this um they discover amazing things about their kids they really really do and they start to change what the dads are interested in actually starts to change and they realize stuff that they wouldn't have known um, if it weren't for their kids, it's almost like it's not so much that the dads are leading kids out in the, into their worlds, but that weirdly enough, the kids are leading us out into their worlds. It's it's sort of the opposite way around. We're still the adults, but we're the ones doing the discovering just as much as our kids are in a way. And it's so that it's it's a more, I guess, almost it's a, almost a more democratic way of going about things. We're not quite that large and in charge type of person that you know we might have just thought oh, I think I'll be that kind of guy I'll, I'll exactly show my kid how to succeed at the things that you know I think he's going to like or she's going to like and it's so it's different it's got a weird feeling to it yeah I mean I, I kind of didn't spend a lot of time within my my formative years was learning how to write well okay and it's 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 been interesting for me to note Caleb in some cases is correcting me already um, in how I write or how I even speak and but but I think I think the thing for me has been to to kind of embrace that and to kind of go well hey Caleb you can teach me you know as the years go on please teach me <laughs> how to actually write better and and I suppose it's I don't know for me I think and I, and I get this wrong but but to kind of like it's almost like put that ego aside and um, and that actually helps to just step into your child's world and even acknowledge that there's going to be things that they're going to be better at than you and teach you. And isn't that actually a wonderful thing? You're so right, Stu. I mean, there's, there's a lot in what you've said. It's a great example. You're right that there is that setting aside of our egos, you know, it's that it's actually not about us. That's the thing. And this is parenting. Parenting is not about us. 
And it's a crucial, crucial thing that um, I certainly find, unfortunately, I have to keep being reminded of. It's not about me. And that's, that's a weirdish feeling, actually, that it isn't actually about us. And then once we let go of our agendas and what makes us feel good, because, I mean, let, let's face it, you know, it's wonderful showing our kids stuff that we're already good at. You know, it's a cool feeling being the guy that, you know, our kids are so impressed by. But when it is that you join, for instance, in your case, Caleb with writing, what you're doing is you're joining him, but he's actually, you know, got the edge. He's the one who's, who's kind of spontaneously better at it. He likes it more. Your ability to stay with him there too, Stuart, it helps him to accept it as a part of himself. As a human being, he can accept it. My dad endorses this, but also as, as an emerging male. It's like my dad sees us in me as a boy, and he's cool with that. So it's a really big deal when we join our kids in ways that don't come naturally to us. And that's the kind of the newness, the novelty, and the adventure, I guess, of parenting our kids, is that they're going to take us into corners that we've not experienced before. And, and it's good, but it's not always easy. The other thing I want to say is that we've got to be careful because sometimes the things that our kids like we're, or the, their ways are actually going to be a turn-off for us. I'm going to pick an, a, a typical, typical example to, to make the point. And that would be, for instance, when one of our kids is, is quite emotional, gets upset easily. I mean, I'm going to be stereotypical here. I'm going to say a daughter who's emotional and cries a lot or gets upset or worked up and the dad finds us really really difficult and tends to instinctively inside himself pull back withdraw go quiet almost turn to stone and maybe uh, again staying with the stereotype the mother turns towards that better and she understands her daughter and the two of them can be emotional together and what I'd say there is be very very careful for dads because when we say no to our kids' ways, we can also blight, if you like, for lots of daughters, their emotional ways. And there's a lot of daughters who I've seen where when they're with their dads, they become incredibly tense because they don't know what to do with their true selves, their emotional selves, if that makes sense. And so it's tricky territory. I spoke to a dad not that long ago. He's got, I think, three daughters. And he says to me, Rob, I don't know what to do because I'm not like that. But when they get upset or when they become emotional, I start to, I don't know, I shut down. I don't know what to do. And I'm saying to him, look, an act of love for you is to stay open towards that and not to unwittingly send messages that you shouldn't be like that, to realize that it's a legitimate way of being that's actually as valid and as important as his more, let's say, stoical way. So being a stoic is fine, but it doesn't fit every, every circumstance. Just as being emotional is good, we want to be, you know, uh, genuine in our emotional expressions, but not, not over the top. So it's always around the balancing of things. And I'm saying that dads and daughters can talk about emotions and the good and the bad in their ways and stay open with it rather than unwittingly shut down differences if that makes sense so really the point there would be that there are strengths in our children's different ways and we need to stay open to those um, even if we find them difficult it doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad they're just different
it really does happen to you. I mean, I've seen it where now, for instance, daughters they won't, they won't, they won't turn to their dads because they they tell me that oh, my dad won't understand. Now, I'm not saying that 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 the dad has to become a replica of his daughter. That he has to now become, you know, as emotionally expressive as she is. But I am saying if he can be humble about it, set his ego aside. And talk with his daughter about his own emotional experiences, his own, if you like, limitations or ways, the things that he knows and doesn't know about emotional stuff. At least they can talk about it without the daughter being or feeling um, from the get-go judged for her ways as being, if you like, silly or over the top, you know, something that a dad doesn't want to see. So it's that type of thing, holding the space of similarity and difference open so that father and child can understand one another. Great, Rob. Thank you for that. It's good good to hear, and I look forward to the next episode to hear a little bit more on this.